You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live Portraits, featuring intimate, in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood stars and influencers. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live Portraits, Dario Kristen. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're watching Black Hollywood Live Portraits. I'm your host, Dario Kristen. Here joining me in the studio today is Courtney Stewart. What's up, everybody? DJ Jesse J. What up? And our very special guest today, you know him from some of our favorite TV shows, such as Silver Spoons, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and now ABC's Family Channel, Spellmageddon. Can you spell? Can I spell? Spellmageddon. Be like, yeah, A. ABC ABC D And you added you added the I added the ABC family ABC family Alfonso Rivera Welcome 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 Thank you thank you good to be here Yes now you know I know we we kind of had this conversation before the interview started about this Carlton dance Yes. and how much people always ask you to do it Yes We're not going to ask you to do it I love you for that But what I do want to know is where did it stem from like how did how was it created Right well you know I've I've said it before but but what it is is that in the first script that I had to do the dance, it just said Carlton dances, right? And so when you're starting a show or your first couple seasons into a show, you're always creating. You're always mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the character would do and how they would do it, right? Because it's not, like, already written. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, what would Carlton do? How would he dance, right? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I went, all right, well, Carlton is basically, and this is kind of how I always viewed the character. He was a white guy. Right. So he wasn't actually a black guy. He was a white guy. Right. So if you don't think of him as black, you you then start creating all the pieces you need. Right. Right. So, okay. well, who would he like? Right. So his music, Tom Jones. Right. He's going to like, you know, uh, uh, all of the corny er white artists (laughs) of that time. Right. So I was like, all right, well, what would his dance be? And I remember watching Eddie Murphy's Delirious video where he did the white man dance. Ah, So that was the dance he did. And it was also Courtney Cox in the Bruce Springsteen video where he brought brought her her up on the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And she does that dance. (laughs) No, 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 no. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so so I was like, all right, so that's the core of the dance. Now let me, you know, make it this character. So, you know, this guy, you know, ultimately he would want to be, he would be so excited every time he danced, (laughs) which, which created the face and the energy and all of that. So that's kind of where it came from. I mean, that was, there was a, it also kind of hit, I was in a bar, not really a bar bar, but like a lounge bar at a hotel and they had music and I saw these like four white dudes get up <laughs> on like the little stage there and started dancing like that and I and, and that was it was all kind of that, that that came into my mind that when I was, you know, trying to create what the dance would be. Yeah, and I hear people like to ask you to do it in a crazy place like bathrooms and Yes. What is no, what is probably it. the most no, for real. No, oh like, my like, no, 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 while you're real. in the stall. Yes. But, I've had I've had people while 
I got my my hand right. I'm like standing at a urinal, Shut and and I'll get a, I'll get a tap on the shoulder. Yo, man, you gotta do the dance for me. And you're like, yo, man, you're touching me in a bathroom. Right. Wow. Like really? And I've oh been in stalls, and people have like knocked on the door, say, yo, Carl, man, I saw you go in the bathroom, man. When you yo, you know you gotta dance for me, right? Oh, no, I didn't. Wow. You be like, Goodness. you be like, um. I'm actually not going to dance for you, but but uh, thanks for loving me, I guess. Um, but I'm probably going to wait till you leave the bathroom before I come out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an awkward moment. No, it's really awkward. I mean, pe- people. I mean, I'm telling you, and that's one of those ones that you like. You talk, but I get asked to do the dance everywhere, yeah. every day. Like if I'm out in public, I'm gonna get asked. To dance, and so like when I'm in a really bad mood, like I'm really just in a bad mood, I had a bad bad day, and people ask me to dance, I'd be like, "Hold on, my man, I just want to ask you a question. Seriously, you're asking a black man to dance for you? (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) Good point. That's a good point. I know you don't see me that way, but you're asking a black man to dance for you. If you pull out the gun and start shooting at his feet." We've gone back in the day too far. Okay? <laughs> and, and they'd be like, well, no, no, I, I, I don't mean it like that. I said, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just you might want to look You're like, well, what happened was, see, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying you might want right. to just think about it a second. Ladies and gentlemen, people leave think, Alfonso leave alone. alone. Do not ask him to dance <laughs> in the stalls, cool. please, people. Especially when I'm out of a good mood. Yeah. 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 Just replay <laughs> Fresh Prince. Exactly. exactly. I'm like this. If you want to see me dance, we just go to YouTube. Yeah. Just go to YouTube. I mean, we all got smartphones now. Yeah. We can watch any video on our phone at any time during the day man it's crazy dude <laughs> you funny and it won't pass dude you dancing and that's funny just keep moving now now you you have a trinidadian heritage yes and you grew up in new york yes now your grandfather was a kind of famous composer dancer singer it was a calypso calypso, calypso artist Ro- roaring lion and that is incorrect now and that's oh. funny because i just did an interview where we talked about how wikipedia is always wrong, wrong. right you know most it's, of it's wrong like even the imdb it took me a year and a half literally a year and a half to get imdb to say that I was from Trinidad and not Dominican. Dominican. What? Yeah. Like I mean, it, I, mean I, I read that on on IMDb. Hep sending in saying, "Yo, this is me. I'm telling you, I'm not Dominican. No disrespect to the Dominican people. Y'all are great. I've been to the Dominican Republic. I love it. But I'm from Trinidad, <laughs> and I've continually said my grandfather wasn't the Roaring Lion. He was um the he was Lord Hummingbird. So like oh wow, they have it completely oh, wrong. Like, wrong. Like not even close. Like not even close. Yeah, not even close. The Roaring wow. Lion and the Lord Hummingbird. Like one's an animal. Wow, that's one's a bird. Yeah, I don't right. you know I mean, <laughs> size tweet, difference. Tweet tweet. tweet. It, you know, but yeah. So my but my grandfather was the Lord Hummingbird. The Lord Hummingbird. Now, was were you encouraged as a kid to to perform and follow in his footsteps? I don't think they ever needed to encourage me. <laughs> you just came out. You came out the room dancing. Yeah, I was like, you know, is the minute I could sing and dance and move and and play characters, uh, I was all personality as a kid. I just was, you know, my parents. I think got to a point where they're like, you know what, we just need to actually make him go and do this do for real. Because like when I was when I was four and a half. I performed in church, and my song was "Do You Think I'm Sexy?" No, oh, Rod yeah. Stewart. Gee. I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> I had all those people there. They were. I just wanted to know if you want my body. Like, if you want my body. Had you performed it for your family before to kind of? Oh yeah, like, yeah, they knew. Oh really? They knew. Yeah, they knew. I was like, if you want my body, that was the setup for them. If you think I'm sexy, come on, sugar, let me know. 
And, my, my, and they were like this. It was great because everybody in church was like, <laughs> mouth open, right? Like I, it was 1975, and here oh. I am doing Rod Stewart. Come on. Was it a talent Com- show? Comedy was already ready. Yeah, it was. It was okay. yeah. Comedy. It was Destiny a little talent was show. In the cars. It was, it was a little, like, little talent thing. Everybody and, else was doing yeah, and, I, and, I, and I was doing Rod Stewart. You know, Rod Stewart. Okay. You know well, I mean? well, you clearly had a lot of success. You were eight years old. You were doing the tap dance kid on Broadway. Mm-hmm. At at that age, what was the experience like to be on on Broadway? Well, for me, it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, to to do. I, I always viewed Broadway as the number one. Like that's where right. the most talented people performed, right? Even in music and, and in movies and all that, they're not really the most talented. Right. And I and I define that by people who can sing and dance and act, mm-hmm. right? Like most people in movies, they're just actors. Yeah. Right. And most people who, you know, are singers typically just sing or even dance, right? But they really can't act. Right. So like but, but when you're on stage, when you're on Broadway, that's the pinnacle of being able to do all three, which is what I did. Yeah. So for me it was like what do we do from here? We've already and you winning awards at, 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 at the well, I mean, circle. Was, you know, I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, I was twelve and dancing and like, and oh. getting nominated and winning. You know, other awards like you know, our show was nominated for you know several Tony Awards yeah. and it was you know it was amazing. And I had great people that I learned from. You know, I had my my tap dance instructors uh, were amazing. You know, Danny Daniels uh, was amazing. He was awesome, uh, and his son DJ was was they. they taught me how to tap dance and then the director uh, Vivian Madelon was a, was a wonderful uh, director and and then needless to say the other cast members Hinton Battle to me is probably one of the greatest dancers in history right and so to have him every day watching him learning from him seeing what he was doing and uh, it was it was amazing it was an amazing time of my life in terms of really understanding one hard work yeah right, right? like when people I always liked every once in a while I'll give people in interviews you know a <coughs> glimpse of my of my week schedule right let's start on Tuesday because that's basically the beginning of the week right so I would I would go to school 8 a.m. And Tuesday because you're dark on Monday, right? Right, we're dark on Monday, right? So, but we, I'd go to school, you know, 8 a.m. to 3, go home, hour and a half of homework, so 5 o'clock-ish when I'm done, lay down for about an hour, car would pick me up at 6, take me downtown to the theater, half hour at 7.30, on stage at 8, the show was, you know, 3 hours, but... Two and two hours and forty five minutes. My character was on stage for two and a half of the wow. two hours and forty five wow. minutes. So I'm on stage most of the night. I get out of there. You know the show's over at eleven. I get out of there about eleven thirty. Go home, right? Get home around midnight. Wound up, yeah. right? So now got to get to sleep by about one. Up again at seven. Wow, right? That's a serious schedule. Go to school on Wednesday. Get out at noon. Go to the theater. Do the matinee, yeah. <laughs> go have dinner, do the night show, get homework and do it in between the shows, go home, get home around one, right? Go, I mean, go to sleep around yeah. one, wake up on Thursday, get up 8 a.m. to be, I mean, 7 a.m. to go to school, be in school by 8 o'clock, school all day to three, go home, homework, little nap, go to the theater, home again by one, you know, sleep by one, right? Friday, same thing, Saturday, Every woo, I get to sleep in. This is amazing. This is amazing. I get to go to school. I don't have to go to school today because it's Saturday, but I got a matinee, so I got to leave at noon, 
to go down, to go back. do two shows, <laughs> asleep by one, Sunday, get up, got my matinee to do again, do the matinee on, you know, it's a two o'clock matinee, so I didn't get picked up till one, right, do my matinee, be home by seven, get to bed around nine. Well, I mean that—that's oh, a hard schedule. I'm, wait, tired. Wait, wait. I, I'm, I'm tired hearing you. Like, it ain't over. That, that's that's, that's back for an adult. We got Monday. Everybody doing the show is off. You get to they get rest school. all day. Guess what? Seven a.m. I'm going to school again. Done at three. Homework. Ooh, I'm gonna get some sleep today. I'm gonna finally catch up on some sleep because I'm probably gonna go to bed at like eight o'clock. And what were you start doing? Start the day again on Tuesday. Start the week again on Oof. on Tuesday. For six months. Resting your voice and stuff like that. I mean, as a kid, uh, I, I, I lived in New York, and a lot of the actors, I mean, it wasn't even fun to hang out with them sometimes. Because oh, yeah. they're, they're just like, they'd go wrapped home, up. wrap themselves wrapped up, up. Yeah. Yeah. lemon tea. Like, as a kid, like, what is that like? Not being, I mean, where you, obviously, you're not able to do, and... like, have a normal childhood. Well, I got sick a lot. <laughs> I got sick a lot. I mean, it was ultimately, the understudies were the happiest. Oh, yeah. Because they were like, we get to go on. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I would be, I would miss, you know, a show once every two to three weeks, right? Just because, you know, they'd cut me out of a matinee so I could sleep, so I could stay in. I'll miss a day of school just so I could, you know, my body could catch up. Mm -hmm. But it, the, the, the work that you do as a kid on Broadway, I, I like, I, I put that up against anybody's schedule yeah. in, in, in show yeah. business yeah. because everybody gets to go home. Everybody's resting all day. Everybody in that cast was resting, not me, yeah. every day. So, so that was a great thing because it taught me hard work. When I came out to California to do Silver Spoons, man, I thought they was playing. <laughs> man, you mean we don't really, we're done at four? Right. <laughs> And in that time, I'm going to school and working. I just come out, and I only yeah. do three hours. Man, look. Well, we're going we to stay on TV, man. <laughs> now, all that, all that before, Broadway stuff, they tripping. We're going to stay on TV. Before Silver Spoons, though, you did a Pepsi commercial with Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, correct? And yes. you wrote a book. And you wrote a, a break, well, a break right. dancing. A break dancing I, I looked at the video. Yes. All right. <laughs> Hey, listen, if we had time, I would bust some moves from that video. You taught me a lot of things, I just got to say. That's all I got to say. He goes, he goes, and you wrote a book. Yeah, I ain't really writing a book. I just, you know, somebody paid me to break dance, and, it, it's and I said what I, you know, but this is how you do Alfonso's it. Alfonso's breaking At the end popping. of the day, you're an author. Yeah, I guess. I, wow. I didn't even know that. You told me I should write a book. <laughs> no, how were you discovered uh, for the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial? Uh, 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 his choreographer, Michael's choreographer, Michael Peters, was the director of the Tap Dance Kid commercial. And Bob Giraldi, I did a commercial for the Mormon Church um, when, before that. And he was a director of the Pepsi commercial. And they basically said to Pepsi and Michael and everybody, we got a kid who will be awesome. Because I was just doing Michael all the time anyway. Yeah. Right? So I was just being, you know, woo! Ah! <laughs> right? And so I would just be doing it all the time. And, my, and, and they were like, we got the kid. He's on Broadway right now. Let's see if we can get him out of his show to come to California. And, and they let me out. A lot of fighting. But they let me out. And uh, came to California, shot the commercial for three days, yeah. um, and and then went back and went straight on stage, and you know, literally the next day. So, uh, but but it was it was a lot of fun. It was great to obviously work with Mike. But I actually learned a lot on that commercial also because I was like, when Michael came in, it took him forever to learn the moves, and I was like, what, really? man? This is the eat. <laughs> but he I mean, he was literally like he was perfecting. Yeah. 
every move. Detail. And he and his his attention to detail was amazing. And yeah. so it was like all of those things during that period of my time of period of my life really just taught me so much about work ethic yeah. and how hard you need to work to find everything, to make everything specific and mm-hmm. dead on. Um, and it really, I mean, I look at that as like, that was the foundation to the rest of my life, you know. And did you keep in contact with him after? <laughs> I did, yeah. I mean, I, my dad and I came out to California, went to the house, saw all the animals and stuff. Uh, when he was on his victory bubbles. tour, Is you know, bubbles? bubbles was there. Bubbles, bubbles was there. Louis the Llama. <laughs> um, you know, he had a snake, and I wouldn't mess with the snake. Uh, I was like, y'all keep the snake in the cage. I ain't, and it was a big old boa container. Man, go ahead, and keep the snake. Um, but but so you know, like Michael had when he was doing the the, the victory tour, he had his own uh, you know hotel room, obviously downtown. But his room had three floors, and the top floor was a dance studio. Yeah. And Michael and I and my dad, when we were at, after one of his shows, and this is like in the middle of the night, we went up to the studio, Michael put on some music, and Mike and I just danced for like two hours. Wow. Legendary. That was the most amazing experience wow. in my life to be able to do that. And, and so through the years, I would see Michael every once in a while, and, and, and uh, it was great. I mean, Mike, Mike it was the man. Was the yeah. Man. yeah, and this is birthday week, so yes. Yes. You know, yes. Um, yes. we miss Michael. And now... He's his family and Michael have been in the news a lot lately, just mm-hmm. with a lot of the family bickering, the problems with the children, uh, some of the allegations from Wade Robinson. What what is your thought or opinion on any of that stuff that's been going on since you had such well, a I've, close? Well, I've, I've said it. I've said it throughout time, and you know, I, I it's very funny because you know, on my Twitter and my and my Facebook, people go crazy on me yeah. for saying what I say, and I, and I you know quickly say it again. I'm never going to believe any of those stories. Yeah. You know, I was a kid, I, you know, whether it's true or not, there's only the people who know. But I'm not going to believe it because this was the experience that I had and this is the way that I viewed Michael. Yeah. And Michael, to me, was like a little kid. You know, he was, a, he was a little kid in yeah. a grown-up's body. And, you know, I, I, just, I just never saw that. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, maybe that's, maybe that's, it is what it is, but it's hard for me to believe that. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Well, on that note, on that note, back to Silver Spoons. Let's take it back. Let's take it back to Hollywood. So you were on Silver Spoons, the easy life, and yeah, yeah, the easy life. It was easy. It was great. Silver Spoons. I was making five times, set ten times what I was making on Broadway. Yeah, no, you you being on Silver Spoons was a big deal because you were a minority character. um, You know, a kid during that time period, there wasn't a lot of leads for young black kids to look up to. Now. How did that? It, how did it even come to play where you ended up being on the well, show? Well, Brandon Tartikoff, the president of NBC, actually Nell Carter, uh, brought him to see the Tap Dance Kid, and he basically signed me to a deal with NBC, uh, you know, a development deal. And but it was so late in the game, it was impossible to get anything on air and develop me into a show that year. So I had the option of either waiting a year to do uh, development. Or just go right into a show, and it was like, we can create the opportunity on Silver Spoons. And I was like, well, do I really want to wait a year for my own show that may or may not go? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nell Carter was actually one who, you know, gave, he said, she, she was like, look, do the show, yeah. get paid today, and then, because you never know what's going to happen next year. Mm-hmm. So just go ahead and do it. So I went ahead and, and uh, took Silver Spoons. Now, do you feel by being the minority character on the show that that opened up opportunities for other black actors? And- well, I believe that, that that is the case 
in 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 every circumstance. Yeah. Any time, you know, obviously Todd Bridges and, and Gary Coleman were yeah. doing different strokes, different strokes at the time, yeah. and and uh, but all the, every time there's an African American on a TV show in any circumstance other than the way you've always seen it, you're opening doors for the next. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think my 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 Carlton character probably did more mm-hmm. for young blacks in entertainment than Silver Spoons would have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that, you know, it's the and, and after watching the butler, mm-hmm. right? Amazing. And 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 what was said at the end is that, you know, that person allowed for other people to be comfortable. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Um, I think that Martin Luther King Jr. character said it to to the son in the movie where he's like that allows them to feel trustworthy. They, they allow them into the... So what my character did was allow people to feel like it wasn't a ghetto mentality that was yeah. only connected to African Americans, that there was someone of of high value, of of education. Yeah. And, and the hip-hop thing doesn't mean you're not educated and not high-valued. Mm-hmm. It's just an image and a view. But what the character did was allow people to see black people in a completely different way yeah. that wasn't subservient, yeah. right? Because you could look at uh, Robert Guillaume, right, who, uh, what was the, his show? Um, uh, was it Benson? Benson? Benson, right. So, but Benson was this elegant, above, you know, the, the equator character, right? He yeah. had honor, and, but, he was a, but he was a butler. He was, right. he, you know, he was the help. Which is different than than the character being this rich kid who had his stuff together. Mm -hmm. And it actually, I think, crossed over into Will Smith because it took that hip-hop audience and showed what that world can see. White America watched Fresh Prince as much as... Any of them. That's true. Right? At the same time, Martin was actually bigger in the African-American community, but our show was five times the ratings yeah. because yeah. white America actually, yeah. you know, blessed yeah. the show. Yeah. So during that time, you know, uh, Bill Cosby, Will Smith with, with our show and Carlton, I think we did a lot for opening the doors for young African Americans after us. Were you aware of that at the time or did is that sort of like looking back you see it even more or were you conscious of that while you were playing cards? I was very conscious of it okay. because I had seen the difference through the years. Being that I was the only person really on the show that had done TV before. Right, I mean uh, James Avery, the dad. Mm-hmm. He he had done guest spots and stuff, but I was the only one who had been a regular on another TV series before that. And I could see how the industry was slowly changing. You know, I was seeing Fox come into play, mm-hmm. utilize African Americans, and then basically throw us to the curb. Right, I watched the WB, and, you know, and 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 then UPN, UPN. and then mm-hmm. throw us to the curb. Right, I've seen how that network thing yeah. works with the beginning of a network. So when when we were doing Fresh Prince, we were seeing that and we yeah. were we were in that process and what we were seeing was the ability to open up the doors of many homes that wouldn't have previously opened their doors to yeah. us. You know, I had grandmothers from Mississippi who were white saying, "I love your show." Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? You know, and I, I'm not you know, being stereo, you know, of you know, of, of Mississippi, but 
the South was the South. <laughs> yeah. so, I got family you know I, mean? I understand. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, not, I I'm, saying I'm not calling we, we out Mississippi. I'm being PC right now, and I'm not calling out Mississippi. I'm just saying that old Southern yeah, mentality, mentality. Yeah. of African Americans in the country, there were, there were people of that era who actually enjoyed and watched, yeah. which, which didn't happen before other than Cosby. You know, Cosby was the was I think the groundbreaking show, and then we took it in a different direction yep. because we had hip hop connected to it. Yep. Yeah, it was like a perfect combination of right. of both worlds. Right. And I mean, we all grew up to it and, and loved the show. You guys always seemed like a really close knit family. We were. And it, was that off stage, off camera as well? Uh, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> <laughs> outside of the next question that will be the follow up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> you saw it coming. Yeah, but I saw that question. You saw it coming. I saw it in your eyes. I saw it in your eyes. You had that look. Well, I'm you, like, yeah. So y'all are close knit so, family? You just well, leaned a little forward to get the light. I did. You were like, you, 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 you were like, this is the pre to the real. Um, we, we had, we had a blast together, most of us. We were very close, and and honestly speaking, uh, Janet in the first season and a half, uh, I mean, we were all 100% tight. Uh, we went to lunch every day together as a group. Um, and, you know, and we were, we were together. I mean, through the years, we would go on vacations together. I literally moved out of my parents' house and moved into a neighborhood where Karen Parsons and I bought a house in the same neighborhood and would carpool to work. Wow. Right? Aww. Because we were like, yo, and so it was like, I lived in Northridge, right? Which so in, in Hollywood, that's way out there. And I was like, this ain't working. I got to get an apartment because we all want to go to dinner every night too. You know, so we would go to dinner and hang out. We would just always, we enjoyed each other's company. And I think all of that, you know, played on, on screen. Uh, oh, random question because I drove I, I actually randomly drove by the actual house that they used I don't even know where that house uh, is that's what my question was going to be to you no idea where that house Cause is because you guys never did any outside shots it was just that one no well there was there was the one jazzy house Jeff, when right got yeah, when got but there was one house and then we never used that house again when we did anything else oh. mm. so the original house is different than most of the other stuff that we did yeah. through the series so like when they had to go do throwing jazz out of the house again they went to a different house with the same front yeah. right? right so it was a different house but I still don't know where either one of them I think it's on a Hollywood tour it's in Beverly I was like you know I want to go there I googled it I would drove for by. me is I can't go on the Hollywood tour to find it <laughs> oh no no I drove myself <laughs> right yeah. then you'll I'm, be dancing I'm, the whole I'm going to be on the I'm be on the double decker like yeah man yeah I just, I'm just trying to see where the house is I, I do have one question and then we'll kind of move on to other things in your career but uh when I was watching the show, and 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 Janet was obviously the original Aunt Viv, and then we transitioned to Daphne um, Maxwell Reed. Maxwell Reed, was it weird on set after she left? Because it almost seemed like all of a sudden I'm watching the show, and then it's just like a different person on the show. It wasn't. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, what it was. I mean, literally. I mean, it literally was, but I mean, it was kind of like no pre warning for the audience. You know what I mean? So right. Well, yeah, there wouldn't have been a warning, yeah, so. but but you know, look. I... <laughs> 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 I, I like, sat back this time. That was an amazing this question. Like right I'm like this. Look, I mean, there, there, I have been outspoken on <laughs> this issue uh, in the past. I think it should remain in the past. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's time to move on from that. 
the unfortunate reality is is that one person lost her job, yeah. that person lost her career and her life in that, and and I can understand you know the feelings that that individual has, right. uh, but n- not to say that the things that I've said in the past weren't true. They're 100% true. And most people are not willing to deal with reality, which might have been what got them there in the first place. Right. Right. So we're, 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 we're dealing with, you know, an issue where somebody doesn't want to be honest with themselves. Okay. You know, nothing here was caused by anybody other than the person who did it to themselves. There were arguments, there were discussions, there were curse-out sessions that occurred that never started with anyone but the one individual. Okay. And and I know that that person wrote a book, and, and I'm not, you know, that person came out and said a lot of negative things about Will and, and myself, and um, I think all of that is in defense of her of her own reality, but it's unfortunate that that had to happen, and nobody was capable of recognizing what the truth was. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's still being brought up today, but I'm like, why? Yeah. The show's over. We can't take it back. We can't change it. And nobody is going to change anybody's opinion. Right. right? People love Janet. Like, like, uh, most people will say, you know, we love the first mom. But does the creativity of the show take uh, a downturn because of the working environment mm-hmm. and is that worth what the character brings right because I'm and, the second mom too yeah, yeah. I, 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 know, Daphne, yeah. I saw Daphne last yeah. week like so I was you know I was in Virginia and went to I actually went and saw the butler with Daphne so it was wonderful oh, wow. Very um, cool. but like but it's one of those things where uh, you know it, it's unfortunate but you know things happen and and what what most people don't realize is that you know, you get to a place where you believe in yourself to the point where nobody will be honest with you. And there are a lot of people who lose jobs. Yeah. There's a lot of people who get fired. And I can guarantee you that 95.999%, well, I'd rather say 99, but I'm going to say 95, <laughs> but mo- they would say it was somebody else's fault. Right. Right. I mean, there are a lot of things that happen. You know, it's like, I love Chris Brown, but Chris Brown blames yeah. everybody, everybody else but, him. yeah. but himself for what happens. That's true. Yeah. Right? And we, and we unfortunately deal with people who don't want to look at themselves in the mirror. They don't want to deal with their own behavior. They want to blame everything on everybody else. And it's unfortunate because I think that when you're able to look in the mirror and you're able to, to deal with it, now you have a chance. You know, and I like to use sports as an analogy, right? Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, supposedly both did it. Roger Clemens says no. Andy Pettit says yes. Andy Pettit isn't viewed negatively. Regardless of whether he did it or not. I'm not saying Roger did it. But in but dealing with it and the way the people deal with you is always based on the way you look at it, the way you're honest with yourself. If every individual said, you know what, I totally see how I screwed up here, my bad. Yeah. America forgives you. Yeah. But when you stand there and you're like, no, nah, that's not true. This is this is my reality. It's that person's fault. It's that person's fault. Is it? Yeah. Why is it that everybody's saying the same thing but you? 
Well, nah. you have to look at yourself. That's true. That's true. Yeah. If everybody's saying it, <laughs> it might be true. It, I, I'm not. I'm not it saying, I'm but I'm saying. saying. <laughs> well, I want to know if it might be true. I hope it ain't true, but rumor has it is that you know you guys have gone along from the show and said that there will never be a Fresh Prince reunion. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, can anyone ever say never and really it, it be it. never yeah. forever? Probably not. But reality, reality of it is the reason why we stopped doing the show was because Wilson became a movie star. (laughs) (laughs) Just that little thing. That might have been the main thing. But the second part of that was that we felt like, well, I should say this, the producers and Will felt like we had done all of the episodes and storylines that we could do creatively and make it great. And that rather than continuing to keep a show on the air simply for paycheck, right, to just stop and move on. Keep it legendary. And just ma- and I think that's part of why our show has continued for, you know, 18 years now after the show went off the air and we're still running in still in, running. in in syndication yeah. as much as we did when it ended. Yeah. yeah. So it's amazing. so you know, yes it went up more and came down and but it like overall we're still ma- it still airs 2 3 times a day you know, uh, uh, across the globe. And I think it's because we did six seasons of really good episodes versus ten seasons of six seasons of really good episodes and then four seasons of... Now, a lot of people don't know, outside of you being a talented actor, that you also write and direct. You've directed several episodes of Let's Stay Together, Mm -hmm. Meet the Browns. Was it a hard transition for you to go from being in front of the camera to telling actors exactly what they need to do? Actually, not at all. I I actually, it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, I actually directed an episode of Fresh Prince. I did In the House with LL Cool J. And one of the things that I've always felt was the process is what's important to me, right? Being in front of the camera is wonderful and it's great, but I love watching other people do incredible work. Mm-hmm. I love being able to see somebody bring something and go, ah, that's the nugget. Yeah. Now, that information, that little thing that you have, let's expand that. Let's make it great. Let's make it better. L- like, I enjoy not just being there, but I enjoy making other people great. I mean, I had an opportunity with Ron Rico on, on Let's Stay Together where there was an episode where, the, you know, we, we weren't kind of finding, you know, how it worked and, and he wasn't vibing it like, like, and I was like, let's just keep working it. Let's just find it. Let's find it. And by the end, it was a hysterical scene. And, and it was like, that to me is what's so amazing about what I can do as a director is saying, I know this is funny. Yeah. We just gotta, we gotta rip away, away all of the, the things that we protect ourselves with to make ourselves do it our way and say, there's something else here. Let's find it. And that, to me, is the beauty of directing, is saying there is some wonderful stuff behind here. Let's rip through it and find it. And it's great when I'm able to do that. Plus, I enjoy the the, the entire storytelling um, side of it all. I mean, I, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Just naturally, my my wife always says to me all the time, man, you just keep telling. <laughs> tell the quick version. <laughs> we don't need the full sitcom. Can we make it a sizzle reel? Right, right, right. And, and so, you know, I just I love telling stories. So for me, there's there's tools to telling a story. There are actors, there's writers, there's lighting, there's cameras, there's music, right? I mean, so all of that stuff helps tell a story, right? So that's the stuff I love. 
but I love just massaging that actor to finding that something that wasn't there on that page. To me, it's the most fun. And now you're a host on Spellmageddon. Yes, Spellmageddon. 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 And now you wear so <laughs> many different. Mic up. <laughs> you blew the mic. It's okay. Um, you wear so many different hats. Is there one that you like more? Host, actor, director. You know, it's hard for me to say I like one the most because I love doing it all. When I was young, my dad and I had a theory of, of career, which was the more eggs you have in a basket, the more opportunities you have for things to hatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've always continued to grow as an artist because I'm always thinking, all right, so I'm an actor. Cool. When an acting role hits, I can work. I'm a director. When they need a director, I can work. I'm a singer. When they need somebody who can sing, I can sing. I can work. I'm a dancer. I'm now a host. I So anything opens up, mm-hmm. my name can be called. And so the for me, that's not being the biggest star in the world. I don't care about being the biggest star in the world. My ego doesn't need that. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to support my family when I'm 80. I want to be able to say for 70 two years when I'm 80, because I've been working since I was eight, (laughs) that I have worked and supported my family and given my kids and my grandkids an opportunity in their life. And and I just want, I love working. It's not about being the biggest star. Yes, look, we all want more money. We all want to be able to not have to work if we don't have to, because we have enough money in the bank to say, I'm going to take two years off, right? And that's not the case. But what but what is is that I love doing it all. So there isn't one thing. I love hosting, right? When I'm hosting a show, it's so much fun because, like, I'm a traffic cop, right? But really what it is is I'm a director on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know all the aspects. So I'm yeah. really do like, yeah. when I'm hosting, I'm not thinking about it as an actor. I'm thinking about it as a, as a director, except I'm the one saying the words. Mm-hmm. I'm the one navigating the game. I'm the one keeping it moving. I'm the one who's going, all right, that was great, but now you over here, and now we're moving, and we're going, yeah. and we're going, and it's a traffic cop, which is really what you're doing as a director in TV most of the time also. There's other creative aspects to it, but really you're a traffic cop of all the different departments. So for Spellmageddon, what I get to do is I get to do that while creating the tone of the show. When you're a director, what your whole thing is to create a tone. Um, Ali Leroy, who was executive producer of Are We There Yet? And I did, you know, 32 episodes with, with them. The wonderful thing that we talked about all the time, and he was a magnificent um, executive producer and writer, was the tone of the show. Yeah. Right? And we would always talk about what the tone is, the tone visually and, you know, the pacing of it and all of it. We all talked, we talked about tone. As a host, I'm creating that tone. I'm creating what it is, right? So on Spellmageddon, I'm laughing. That's the tone that we want everybody at home to feel, right? It's not a serious game show where we're going to get serious (laughs) about spelling, right? It's about fun. And if I'm laughing, you're laughing. Mm -hmm. If I'm enjoying it, you're enjoying it. Now, I was actually enjoying it. So it wasn't me doing a host thing, but that's what I feel like I'm doing as a host. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping the tone where it needs to be. There's a segment where, all right, now we get serious. And I turn it into a serious play. And now we're going to, it's no more stuff happening. We're just going to spell. The best person who spells, who spells the most words, will win $10,000. And I turn, I turn the tone to what it needs to be. Yeah. That's what I'm doing as a host, which makes it so, so much fun. fun for me. 
Awesome. And I know we're going to play just a quick game or rounds of Spellmageddon. Yes, you um, are. But I have one quick question for you before we move into that. If you could use one word to define you, what would it be? You've had a 32-year-plus career. What would, what would you say? Wow, one word. word. I mean, I would have said charismatic, but that really doesn't define my whole career. Um, diverse. That makes I sense. would agree. <laughs> Diverse. I think uh, you know on the spot. Yeah. I mean, there might be a word that later I'd, I'd yeah. be I'd be driving you know later <laughs> and be like, oh, that's yeah, just tweet it to us. Tweet it to us. The word I was thinking <laughs> would be this. No, but I think that diverse really does say it. I mean, yeah. I think you know the 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 fact that I you know when I the analogy of of the eggs in the basket and and really working at all the different areas. I, I and that's what I love to do. So yeah, um, yeah so diverse. Diverse. All right. All right. Well, now we're going to move into a little game called <laughs> okay. Spellmageddon that, that you will be orchestrating for us. we're a little nervous. And excited at the same time. Shouldn't be nervous. I'm a, these are the words. So Courtney's going to be the Courtney's going to be our guinea pig today. Courtney, you're going to be doing it. And uh, so now you guys get oh, to be part of it. Oh, okay, great. Yes. All right. Should I take off my jacket? Is this something? No, no, no. Because like, it's okay. all going to be on her. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh oh. So the way we do this, right, is 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 you know. Our show Spellmageddon is you have to spell words that are relatively easy, not super hard words, right? But while you're doing it, we're distracting you. So we've got games like where we have a dunk tank... And you would basically, and we, we're going to give you goggles because we don't oh, want to get the contacts. That would right. be bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. So, so what we, we have like a My dunk tank. We fill it up with ice. We fill it up with water. Right. We shoot balls at the target, but it's ice. Like we let it sit for like 15 no. minutes, so it gets really cold. <laughs> and as they're trying to spell, we dump them in the ice. Oh, oh. my lord! Right? I want to go on the show. No we're not doing either. that to you okay, here today. I appreciate that. You know, we got a game where we, you know, we we have uh, we put a person on a giant fork. Right, and we what? have a big old pie, and the fork, and them do this in the pie. So it's not pie in the face; it's face, it's in, face the in the pie. So it's a whole body gets slammed into the oh, pie while snap. you're trying to spell. Right, we've got one where it's a shower, and while you're in the shower, you're getting hit with all kinds of stuff. And every time you get a word wrong, you get hit with blue icy slush on your head or in the face. Right, so. What's the That's funniest the way- reaction that you've ever like? Because you know, I could just picture some girl coming up from the pilot. Like, oh no! The- <laughs> well, there was there was two. One was we had a dude in the dunk tank who literally sounded like a, like the, the the worst little girl <laughs> on the planet. I mean, he had the, he had the high pitch. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> he it was hysterical. That was and then hilarious. we had another dude with the pie where every time he went into the pie, he turned one way. So one side of his face was all pie. The other side was clean. Right? So he had literally a line. So it was two face. Two face. Uh, so it, 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 that was, it, we've had some funny stuff. Funny. It's all just, it, I call it a comedy show, not a game show. Yeah. So, okay. all right. So here's right. what we're going to do. You my put your goggles on. Do you need like Jesse's cap? Because, you know, you I understand it. the black woman's hair. You know, you're going to be okay? It's all right. You're going to be all right? Okay, I'm going to give you, do we have 60 seconds? We got 60 seconds on the clock. And here we go. You guys are going to distract We just do whatever we want. Everything you can to distract. Right. Okay. Can, I, can I stand up? Can I like... <laughs> yes. Okay. Here we go. First word. Uh, jubilant. J-U-B-I-L-A-N-T. That is correct. Karaoke. K-A-R-A-O-K-E. Karaoke. Yes, that is correct. Waterproof. W-A-T-E-R-P-R-O-O-F. That is correct. All right. Counterpoint. 
C-O-U-N-T-E-R-P-O-I-N-T. Counterpoint. There you go. All right. Diaphragm. D-I-A, shoot. P-H-R-A-G-M. That is incorrect. Uh, Hieroglyphics. Uh, hieroglyphics. Uh, H-I-E-R-O-G-L-Y-P-H-I-C-S. That is correct. Nice job. Wow. Psychedelic. 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 That is incorrect. Shoot. All right, yeah. pneumonia. Pneumonia. P N E U M O N I A. Pneumonia. And that is correct. Great job. Our time is Woo-hoo. up. Good job, Courtney. Nice job. That was amazing. You did really well. Wow. I'm you impressed. You got one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> You got you got six words right. You will be on my team game night. That was six, I'm impressive. Six that was impressive. Of, uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words. Oh, I missed right. three. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I missed that's a nice job. Three that I know. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know, go ahead, girl. <laughs> You now, Spella. I'm a Spella. That was, that was amazing. I'm now, to get 100, man. Now, Alfonso, where can your fans find you? Um, well, obviously on Twitter, uh, at Alfonso <laughs> underscore Ribeiro. Uh, but you got to remember, R-I-B-E-I-R-O. And it's a, with an F, not a P-H. Uh, and obviously on, uh, on, on Facebook, uh, you can find me there. And, and uh, you know, but hanging, hanging. But they can watch me every Wednesday night. Wednesday. On Spellmageddon, ABC Family, at 9, 8 Central. So we only have a couple weeks left, so I need everybody to watch. Yes, Tune in. Sure. It's, it's so much fun. So uh, you know, it's it's just, we, we are having a blast on the show. And you can enjoy things like what we had Courtney do today. <laughs> And see a lot more. That's what I get yes. for volunteering. A lot, well, a lot you know, more. That was just, you know, that was sitting at a desk. Our show is a little bigger, a little, bigger. little wilder. A little more a crazy. Wilder. Yes. Now, Courtney, where can your fans find you? <laughs> find me Cor- on Cor- Twitter. As she pulls In the out shower. Stuart <laughs> Jesse? At DJ Jesse J. Thank you, guys. I'm Dario Kristen. I'm like speeches watching Courtney here pull this stuff off of her face. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under my same name and Facebook. Thank you, guys, for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live Portraits with our special guest, Alfonso Ribeiro. Be sure to tune in and watch ABC Family Channel for Spellmageddon, and you will have so much fun watching it because I had a lot of fun watching it today in the studio, and this is just a small taste. We'll see you guys next week. Oh my lord. That is amazing. It's not unusual to go. Oh, thank you. For more exclusive content, visit BlackHollywoodLive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood Hollywood redefined. redefined. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.